Hello everybody and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog and podcast A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1,000 comedians and counting over the last 46 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, the very funny comedian, Mr. Elliot Steele. Yes! Hello, mate! Oh, man. <laughs> I, yeah, that reminds me of always be comedy, all right? <laughs> really front, giving it the most on the front row. Front row. <laughs> yeah, it's become a it's become a wonderful honour to be sitting in that front seat. But have uh, you? I, I, I always wanted to ask you this because you, out of anyone I've met, have probably gone to see the most amount of comedians. You love watching comedy. You're, you're like one of the best people who's like you're one of the best people to have as a fan or like always so supportive. You're you're very kind. Yes. Has there ever been anyone you've not liked? <laughs> Has there ever, ever been anyone that you've gone, I'm not going to go, because you go and see people that I go, because I really like that you like my stuff. But then I see some of the people whose stuff you like, and I think, I don't know if I can trust Richard anymore, because I think they're dog shit. And I see you being really nice about them. So I want to know well. who it is that you don't like. Because it must okay. have to be, you must have to. I can, I can count uh, five people that, that I don't people. like there are, there are, there are five out of about a thousand if i if i sit in silence in a gig which is very rare uh, i i'm 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 not the greatest fan um when i when i wrote when i decided to write my book and my blog i went on a on a course a writing course and mm. um uh uh, um, the rest of the people wanted to be reviewers and the woman said to me we forget why we've invited you and I said well I'm not a reviewer I'm not a diarist I'm not a critique mm. I'm not uh, I'm, I'm a member of the audience I'm out to have a good time and my blog can only dis d describe enthuse and positiveness for all the great comedians that can go out there and do, and, and do it so I suppose I love the experience of going but there are some comedians that I've seen so many similar types that I think, oh, I've seen this before. And, well, right, um, so, would, so would it be someone who's like, maybe like a joke thief or something? Well, or... yeah, yeah. If 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 I've heard jokes, because um, I've seen, as I say, I've seen so many and a, and a joke is a classic example. If, if I've heard a joke two years ago from another comedian and another one's doing a similar thing, I'll be thinking, oh, but I'm not going to name names. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, know, I know you wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. But that, that's interesting that you there's yeah. there's only five out of a thousand. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can count them on my hand. That 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 were really. I mean, I I just thought to myself, I'm not I'm I'm not going to do anything here and try and <laughs> try and find the positiveness even out of getting up and having a go, because uh, I had a go myself once and it was terrifying. Never, never say never again but I um, went to the um, Edinburgh Fringe and uh, I, I, I went on a gong show it was the worst possible thing you could do oh and, yeah uh, I think and I got gunged off after about a minute <laughs> oh yeah I think I think there's like, I always have like uh, like I never understand when comedians are like I think reviewers should have to try and do comedy to be yeah. reviewers because I, I think that's nonsense, personally. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, yeah. You know, that, like, that also, like, 
is taken away from the audience. Very much like, so, the, yeah. the audience is smarter than we give them credit for. Like, that's one thing I always try to bear in mind, is, like, there's, likes to be this snobbery of, like, well, I can do comedy and they can't. Whereas, like, that's not that's not true. I can just do stand-up comedy, but people know good stand-up comedy when they watch it. They're exactly. allowed to review it. Like, I don't really get why. When I was younger, I used to get annoyed at reviewers, and... I, I genuinely like Steve Bennett's a classic example of people gets annoyed at. I look at my Steve Bennett reviews; they're very fair. Yeah, they're very, they're very, very fair, and I hate to say that about him. Like I, I <laughs> like I, I would, I want to dislike the reviews he's given me, but they're like completely like this guy's getting too much too soon. He's not, <laughs> he's not that good. He's fine, and like I, I look back at my, and that's how I describe my own career. So it's always like. I hate that someone can see that. Yeah, it's because um, the great thing about comedy, there's two things. It's it's subjective. So what I love, you might hate. But also, um, you never know what a comedian's going to do next. So you could just come out third, out of left field and surprise everybody by doing a different style of comedy than what he's used to or whatever. But that's the magic of it. So you keep going and supporting them. And one of the best things I love to do is watch them grow. You're a, you're a classic example of watching a, a comic grow because oh, you get better and better and better. And you can just tell by, by coming back to seeing you. Anyway, let's have the interview. <laughs> let's talk about your, your comedy career. And let's go right back to the start. And can I ask you, how did you become a comedian in the first place? Um, I started when I was 16 years old, thrown out of college. Right. Dad's a comedian, Mark Steele, uh, and he knew I'd always wanted to try it. So he finally told me to give it a try. I was very lucky because obviously I knew people. I was able to go and do certain gigs that most people would probably have to work a lot harder than someone like myself would have to get. Right. I did well at them, which I think ultimately was a bad thing uh, because then I got signed very young and then I was very very entitled when I was younger. I didn't want to put the work in. And, uh, but I, I was 16, so it was fine. Like, yeah. from the age of 16 to like 20, I was sort of like that, really. But I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think if I'd done really badly when I first started, not maybe really badly, just done averagely, then I'd, I reckon I'd have probably got better quicker. Right. Uh, whereas I was really I wasn't really good. I was really good for what I was, which was a 16-year-old trying to do stand-up comedy. And uh, I, yeah, I managed to sort of fake it, I'd say, in my performance. Right. That's that's interesting because have, having a, a famous dad or an established comedian as, as, as your dad, I could see that as a help because... It, um, I say to all the other comedians that I've talked to, doing as many um, gigs as you can, it's all wonderful experience. It, it gives you, com it gives the comedian experience, whether it's good or bad. You and, and that can only better you as a comic. And I think I don't know, but I think having a, a, a famous member of the family, you you were. Um, already watching or looking oh, at yeah, how it was yeah. developing but the great thing is is that you've created your own style 
Yeah, well, I think I think that's something that I'm like sort of playing about with a lot at the moment is style. Yeah. Is sometimes I don't like, especially certain games, I won't perform my jokes. I just say them yeah. to see where the writing is, just yeah. to see if the writing's good enough. Because I know when I first started. I was all about the performance. Right. So I'm like now going to go back and look at my performance and then look at the writing because I think if you can get both of those things, if you watch anyone who's really good, yeah, like there's a really good writer and performer. And sometimes, sometimes by performance, it means like not performing. I think that's like a really brave thing to do. Yeah. Not perform your jokes. But those are the sort of technicalities within it that I know someone like yourself appreciates learning about. Like those, like, I think the details are you know it's getting the details right you can get a good you can make a bit good but then this is sort of something i contend with like the online stuff now so i'm starting to do more social media put more of my bits out and they're doing all right yeah but i've noticed that within doing that you actually lose the craft of a bit because maybe to craft like some of my best routines like my end routine took like five, six months of just keep doing it. And even now I find little things to add to it that are like, okay, maybe it's better this, this and this. And then you hear about like Mickey Flanagan's out-out bit and everything that I've heard, I don't know the truth of it. I don't know, no disrespect to Mickey Flanagan. I heard he just did that for years, which is like exactly what you're told not to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is like, it's like, well, you've got to. So, so now I think because of the internet and the way my generation of comics are putting more things out, I'm starting to think like maybe are we going to lose those brilliantly, beautifully crafted bits that someone's worked on for four or five years and kept adding to it? Then we're going to lose. anyway to take that to take that completely. So, but that's why I look at like looking at the details of something, like not just the joke and the setup. Is there something within the setup that can get a laugh, and then you can keep going on it, and you can add loads of things to a joke. That's that's really interesting because I was just going to say that the wonderful thing I love about your performance is how you build up, and uh, um, I can I, I can never remember the name of it, but it's like a, is it called a topper joke? So yeah, there's yeah. always one more joke when you think you've had your last joke yeah. and you and you're laughing and then you throw one more in and you're so good at doing that and it's oh, all about you. building it. You know? that, that that's just that, those toppers I usually find just come from being on stage. Yeah, and you'll say something and it'll it'll land and you know when it you know when it'll work and sometimes you'll say something and it'll murder and then you'll do it the next gig and it won't and it was just you had to be there in that moment yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and recreate yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, which is always always a fun thing, but yeah, I really I really like just looking at different ways to get to get to the to your end result is the same. You yeah, know? yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think I think in like it's important. I don't know. I think like that. I can't really explain it, but there's if you sort of apply that logic not just to comedy but to anything in life is it's much a step back it's a step back approach of like can this be improved is there a way to do something better here whether it not just be comedy but in your own life of anything and then it, it opens up a lot more opportunities i find very, which is just something i'm so, discovering yeah. now which is just something i've only just really sort of discovering but i'm enjoying discovering it yeah 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 that's 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 so true because for me, I needed something else other than the routine of 
work and life and everything and i found it in comedy and and, yeah. and i didn't realize just how much it has helped me become a better person i'm more, much more confident in myself yeah i um uh, um, uh, supporting folk is just a, a wonderful thing to do and it's such a positive thing as well you know I, I I can't be doing with people who just go to comedy nights and heckle and don't really want to be there and, 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 and you think well this is the most joyous thing you know to, to watch because like you say especially live you never know what's going to happen and it's in yeah. the moment you know so um I think, I think, yeah, that's always, that's always something like I always think in comedy, like when I hang out with a lot of other comedians, I really like all the other comedians, by the way, <laughs> even yes. if I do bitch and moan about people, I still, I still really love them, like I, I do, but like I, I find like sometimes I hang out with a lot of comics and I'm like, you guys need something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to have another thing in your yeah. life yeah. that you can approach with maybe if i if i dedicate so much percentage of my time thinking about comedy i, I always say as like a guy especially like for men i think you need to have 20 percent of your time of your life overall where it is dedicated to something that is pointless you doing yeah <laughs> like so for me it's like martial arts i right. love them but like i'm not any good at them but i really enjoy the discipline of it i really it yeah. affects other parts of my life but I know with other guys, it's like golf. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting, yeah. getting, into, getting into whiskey. Yeah, getting yeah, into yeah. Cigars, like just having, yeah. having something you can, you are going to ruin a dinner party by talking about. Like, <laughs> that, that, like, and then what's brilliant is every now and then you'll bump into another guy who's into something similar and you guys are just like, oh, yeah, you, you know, or anything. And so for you, it's comedy. It's you, you'll yeah. bump, every now and then you'll bump into someone who knows not just not just like you, you won't have like i saw mcintyre in like a 60 seater you'll suddenly be able to go like obscure like oh i've seen jerry sadowitz and someone else will be like oh yeah i've seen jerry and then it's just this obscure thing that you're both yeah, interested yeah. it is it is you find that because um uh, there are there are so many comedians along the way and 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 a, a classic example is mcintyre where i first saw him in uh hut in edinburgh playing about 20 people and uh, um he was extraordinary then and you think um this is amazing because within a year he's on saturday night tv and you and you mm -hmm. and, and and you think that's wonderful but why are you not on saturday night tv because there's so many other great comedians who deserve if that's where where they want to go you know so you just have to keep going and, and it's yeah, the experience with, of it. With, with McIntyre, from what I've heard, I think I think there's a difference between like not just being a great comedian, but having the drive and right. the sacrifice. Like right. I genuinely think, I think being Michael McIntyre would be hard. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, let's move on. Um, yeah. how, uh, uh, so um, you were 16 years old doing your first gig yeah where was it at yeah was that a club called uh, old rope which was run by tiff stevenson i was put on purely because of who my dad is it was really nice it was, it was a lot what of a great comedian she is yeah i loved it i, I generally owe, owe her and mike wilmot my career 
Wow, 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 wow. Two, so, you see, two people as well who were just extraordinary. Yeah, so, um, so you know, I, I owe them a lot. I remember who was on, I remember Kerry Godleman was on, Kerry Marks was on, so everyone I was watching was just an unbelievable. And then I had a good five minutes and then it all sort of took off from there, really. You went from there. Yeah. Did you, did you do a lot of five-minute um, spots in pubs w w where you had to take friends along and... and, and then, no, I was very no. I was very lucky that I didn't have to do any of right. that. But, right. um, I did, I've, I've opened mics, like, I've done the shitty open mic gigs, but, <laughs> but by the time, but I generally would get to him, I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I really, I really say this and mean this in a nice way for anyone who listens who wants to get into comedy. When you get to open mic gigs, always think I'm better than this. Yeah, too right. Like, and I, I don't mean that in like an arrogant way. Like, do that to get through open micing because there's going to be so many weird people who are like king of their little castle in the open mic world. It's very bizarre and it's full of nutcases. And just keep going and go. No, no, no. I'm, I'm better than this. And you'll you'll eventually get to a point where you start like playing gigs that are nice, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can relax a little bit. But yeah, always like if you're turning up to a gig and the person's like, yeah, there's seven people and a dog that are gonna watch and we're gonna draw the names out of a hat. Do it, but do it going. I'm better than this. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. Go on stage and you might start talking like you're better than it, and the audience, the audience will respond to that. I, I always remember going to a gig where um, there, there was about four or five people in the in the crowd and uh, the, the comedian who was unknown ran out and he went hello everybody expecting to see loads of people and there was only about four people in and he went oh he said um, let's let's not bother with tonight thank you so much for coming let's not bother because there's only four of you there I'll buy you all a drink and um, the bloke in the front row had his arms crossed and he just went, no, I've paid my six pound, I want the hour. <laughs> and he had to deliver it. Oh, and and no. it just keep going, keep going. And it's so true what you say. Because... I, I, but that, that's the thing, I've had that in Edinburgh, man. But yeah. like, <laughs> people who've come to see you. I can't and, imagine that. And then you generally think, like, if, if the four of you fucked off, I wouldn't have to do it. <laughs> they were just somehow less less humiliating but like, <laughs> like that, that, that's my next thing that i don't want to do anymore it's like i want to start being able to do edinburgh runs and rooms to people who've like come to see me of like even if it's like 30 to 50 people like just every night just have a run like that yeah, i don't yeah. want to do anymore there's seven people in because like you go no no no, i'm better than this like i i don't want to do this like and i don't and everyone one of the best bits of advice i've ever seen it wasn't even advice it was daniel sloss talking to kai humphreys yeah yeah um and they were they, they I'd, I'd gone to me i'd just been doing two gigs to about 30 people sloss just as he started taking off this like he is now just did uh i think like his first of like four nights at the o2 kentish town to like 1200 people wow and i was sort of going back there to be like well done man this is brilliant and he just got off stage and we were all having a cigarette outside and he came up to Kai and he went, do you remember when there was eight people in Leeds? <laughs> and it's the best, it's the best bit of advice I've ever like got that nobody, it wasn't advice, it was just like, 
he came off and was like, do you remember that night where I had to do a gig to eight people in Leeds? And you, well, I'd taken you there. I just, <laughs> he's paying Kai Humphrey. That hasn't even covered his petrol. Right? <laughs> and, now, and so like everyone has to do them, but I think yeah, yeah. people don't want to be doing loads of it. No, no, no. So um, was there a point when you uh, would do what when you were doing your gigs was there a point where you thought i can do this and i can do this well and i can make a career out of this oh, i can gig one <laughs> I, I, I know that sounds arrogant yeah 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 i know that sounds arrogant you, you but that was like, I was like I can, but that's just that's the greatest thing about that of having a father in comedy is you know it's a viable career yeah 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 so, yeah, so yeah for someone yeah, who's yeah. starting who isn't who's just like wow maybe I, and i was 16 i don't have any responsibilities no so like even now at this point in my career i'm starting like as things are coming back i'm starting to make a bit more money i'm starting to like do okay and like yeah. I, I can see like oh okay this is going places and there's these things and people are asking me to come do things now because they like me which is cool it's just like the start of it, it it's taken eight years uh, even with a dad in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so for someone, I think, to start at, like, 33, I think is a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got yeah. and the kids. That's why people like Romesh are so, like, amazing. That's why I always be like, Romesh, I mean, Asian is like... Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. So, just, and, you know, his wife is just supporting him, like, in his book, she talks about supporting it. He talks about her supporting him and stuff. I think it's truly, truly amazing. It's brilliant. I I applied to be on his wall on the rank <laughs> I don't want to put him off with my lap. <laughs> never say never. I'd love to go on it. I, th I think he's wonderful. Um, just as an aside question, um, presumably you've gigged with your dad and you don't yeah. mind doing that at all, even although he's in the business as well. Uh, after the year we had, I don't give a <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Grant, Stephen Grant from the Comedia. Yeah, yeah. I'm not Stephen. He's yeah. been one of the people who like has helped me so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One he's been on club. here. He's, he's wonderful. Yeah, one of the first clubs to give me weekends and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Just, just so helpful. He, I, I like applied to do like the outdoor gigs, and he like sent me a message going like, "How would you feel about doing them with your dad?" And I was like, ah. and I was like. <laughs> And I was like, that'll sell them out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, yeah. So we did two shows. And do you know what? I don't think I'd ever do it again. Wow. Because my dad, I realised this when I was gigging to my dad's audience. I was like, you guys are old radio for <laughs> Like, you're, yeah, radio I four use, crowd. My age. <laughs> no, but like a radio four audience is different. Like you're like a fan of comedy. You'll go and see all types of comedy. You'll yeah, go yeah. see young comedians. You go see old comedians. Yeah, you'll go yeah, see everything, yeah. right? But they're like, oh, all marks on. It. And I, I was there like, I don't. I really don't have anything for you. I, don't, I really don't have anything for you, and I didn't. And it was it was just absolutely fine, right? Was, but like Tom Holton and Sean Walsh were there as well, because they were in Brighton. Yeah, yeah. And they were just that. I, I remember they both found it very very funny. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Can I can I just uh, please pass on a personal thank you to your dad because um, I first saw him at the comedy store, 
uh, on a very early bill and he, he just took the rum apart this would be in the early 80s oh no the late 80s but um, uh, he did a, a series for Radio 4 about um, going around towns and cities yeah. and one of them was Carlisle and he and it brought back so many memories because that's oh, my yeah. home city and uh, he had some um, uh, cracker packers from cars yeah, yeah. in the audience and I walk past there every day to go home so thank you so much Mr. Oh, Steve well, <laughs> anyway anyway enough of you dad um, how do you remember all your routines on stage do you know what? Do you have a way of doing it? Sometimes you don't. Um, I had this. I had this on Friday night. It, I didn't have a bad set by any stretch of imagination. I was absolutely fine. But I've just changed a few things in my set lately, and then found myself on stage where I've brought back old bits to rewrite them because I'll be like, I like, I like going like, oh, you wrote that bit when you were nineteen. You weren't very good, but the idea that I, it was funny, yeah. but like it wasn't that you didn't do it as well as you do it now. So right. bring it. Back add loads of jokes to it and rejig the thing and find a different way of approaching it. So I've been doing that so I can find sometimes and go, oh, oh crap, wait, no. Oh, I forgot to do that bit. This is I'm doing no bit. Which, which, which is fine, you know, as part of the process. But I just find you just say it enough times, you just remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any way to remember. So I think you've written it so you remember it. You don't, you you don't, don't have any you don't notes or anything like that. Yeah, it's learning the beats of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and um, when I've when I've seen you, you always appear very, very confident on stage, fearless mm -hmm. with an audience, very, very good with an audience. Um, do you suffer from nerves at all? And if so, how do you cope with them? Suffer from nerves? I used to badly. Right. Um, but I kind of learned that. You never do anything well when you're nervous. Um, you know, uh, anything. So I think, I don't think necessarily go like, I'm not believing like affirmation of going, I'm gonna go on and smash this, but I believe like, just be like, just get out there, do your first joke, see how it's going. Can get nervous while I'm on, I can get, I'm not nervous, maybe panicky, be like, oh no, this isn't going as well as I thought it yeah, would, yeah. how it usually goes. But I don't think, I don't I don't think getting nervous does anyone any good no um, but if, if, if nerves come I think you've just got to steer into it and be nervous not yeah, try and yeah. there's a there's a difference between nerves and adrenaline isn't there mm -hmm. yeah mm, definitely and like uh, and sometimes it's just like excitement I don't know it's 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 weird even for me because when I'm sitting in an audience if I've enjoyed myself so much after the event, there is a come down. Oh, really? You, you yeah. know, it's not on anymore. You think, my God, I had such a great time. Can I have some more of that, please? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's um, interesting. It's fascinating. Um, to date, I've seen you always be comedy in 2017, 2019, and 2020, and most recently, brilliantly, at the Hastings Fringe in 2021. I think the way you construct a set is brilliantly funny. Please can you tell me in more detail about your writing process, if you have one, and if, and where you get your ideas from? Um, my writing process. A lot of comedians don't have one. No, I, <laughs> I definitely, they're, they're liars. <laughs> <laughs> 
They do have variety. <laughs> I I guess my thing would be honesty. Like I really think I always think if you can be honest, even if you're in the wrong, knowing you're in the wrong is funny. So so if you have a viewpoint that might be wrong, but you defend it because you're like, look, this is just how I feel. I think there's something funny in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I don't know. I, I never sit here and go like, well, this must be my, I just kind of write what I think is going to be funny. Sometimes, like, if you see me at a new material night, you'll see me get it very, very, very wrong. Yeah. But that's, that's fine. Um, like I'm not, I'm not afraid. I don't, I, I'm not afraid of doing badly at things. I, I think I, it will upset me or it, it will annoy me, but I really think you have to be bad at something before you're good at it. And that, that works through bits. So sometimes I'll start writing a bit and it's really not very good. Yeah. And then I have to do it a few times. But what I've noticed recently, as my writing's improved, that time's less and less. So even if it's just a joke, the joke will perform a bit. Yeah, so sometimes yeah. I write a joke and a joke works and then I, I have to expand it and come from it from a different place. And that, that's kind of how I create a bit. It's it's interesting because as the comedy clubs are opening up um, uh, the and, the and the comedians are coming back, I'm going to see a lot of work in progress shows. Yeah. And a lot of them have... Um, they have notepads or, or um, tablets in front of them, literally reading the inf the, 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 the routines yeah. out and then recording it all to base it all on laughs and yeah. some of the stuff they ditch and some of the stuff they keep in. Yeah, I, I generally think, and this is something I, I'm not able to do, but if you were able to learn a bit and just say it with confidence the first time, it will get a it would get a laugh and you probably wouldn't fit it. I think sometimes it's like, especially with like a bit where you're trying to be a bit more risque or do do a joke that's maybe uh, a bit bit more out there. It it can maybe it's subject matter or anything like that. Not to say that's just what all my jokes are, but you can pull back on it like because you're like, oh no, I'm gonna lose them. Yeah, but yeah. Really got to be, and it's hard to do. And I know it's like I just said, not afraid of doing badly, but I still when I listen back to myself. What annoys me most when I listen back to myself is uh, apologising for a bit not going well or right. making a joke of a bit not going well because fuck them. Like, <laughs> it, 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 like it didn't go well. Right. <laughs> and and I, I'm annoyed at myself for apologising because I'm like, stop seeking the approval this much. Yeah, yeah. You need to, you know, really be in charge of this. And sometimes I'm still very like, oh, please like me. <laughs> like, sometimes you want the audience to like you. Not so you get the feeling of being liked, but because it allows you to get away with more. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. the audience likes you, you'll get away with more. And that's why sometimes being liked is like the thing that I really want to be on stage because it allows me to do stuff more when really yeah. it should be. No, 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 this is well written. Having them liked you and getting away with it is cheating because that means it's not that well written. That's very interesting because a lot of the comedians... Um, that you look at are very endearing on stage and i always think, be, I, I always think if they are endearing they can say what they like but it, but it yeah. might not necessarily be as funny as not not being liked but not care not caring about what you 
appear to the audience on stage yeah. you know it's if, if you just go out and say your bit i al i always remember we were very very lucky to see bill hicks live and he was extraordinary he just spoke his mind you couldn't care less about anybody and ju and and everybody was just on his every word that he was saying he was just amazing so that's the comedian people assume i like the most uh, <laughs> that's great <laughs> people always think like because like, i'm not trying to say that i'm anything trying to be like hey, people always assume because like i'm a massive stan fan or any of these people like i like carlin i must like hicks i fucking cannot stand his comedy <laughs> I, I genuinely like i don't and i'm not like going i i get it's brilliant but he never makes me laugh no no that's, thing that's had, the thing I had recently with Bo Burnham. People love, like my mates love Bo Burnham. So I will watch a Bo Burnham special. Yeah, like, yeah. It's entertaining. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's good at music. Yeah. I'll, I'll listen to his music, but then yeah. I watched his latest special and I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm very happy to admit that I'm wrong on it. And I, I was, I'm completely, completely, he, he's one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Bill Hicks, whenever I watch his stuff, I'm just like, all right, you've read a book. <laughs> you cool. appreciate it, but where's the laughs? <laughs> yeah, like Jam me and Jamali Maddox always have this argument. It's like yeah. Jamali is like the biggest Hicks fan. So like we were living together in Edinburgh and uh, we were watching Bill Hicks and I was just going, no, this isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we did me and Jamali went to the world's biggest arts festival and we spent the whole time watching stand up on TV <laughs> we, watched Lee. we just watched it with everything. it was a night watching we TV Lee. and arguing Stuart Lee while Stuart Lee was a five minute walk <laughs> so we could have gone and seen him and we just were like nah we just watched his we just watched his <laughs> it's that's that's fascinating because um again as i said before comedy is very subjective and and rightly so but um uh the the i think i think the presence of him was extraordinary mm -hmm. because um I, i've read his book and and they tried to put him on national tv and and he, he got yeah. away with it for so long but then mm -hmm. the, he, he got to a point where it just didn't happen anymore it's very interesting let's let's move on to edinburgh um i i go to edinburgh every year uh to the edinburgh fringe it's my holiday i'm not going this year but i'm going i'm returning next year um uh um but i've been going since 2005 and, and i go for a week and i see about 50 shows i'm absolutely exhausted at the end of it well, well, um, why well, well, do, do you not think if you saw less shows you might have a better time no, no, I absolutely love really? it. Really? I absolutely I love never... fuel off it. Absolutely fuel off it. I oh, just, okay, I that's just, good. But... I just consume it all and, and, and I love it. And, and... That's good, but like sometimes I, I like I find that you, every year you have these lunatics who are like, we're going to be <laughs> my show. He is one of them. <laughs> and you're like, well, why don't you not do that and just go see like one... 20th of the shows you're going to see and actually enjoy it <laughs> instead of just coming to my show and just sat there and getting me to sign something at the end and there's no room because everyone else is so, and I'm just oh, fucking just don't come <laughs> well no I, I I genuinely enjoy doing it oh, having, okay that's good you generally enjoy it yeah, no, having, so, so, having, so, so. having said that um, I am 
uh, in London this year and I'm loving this as well and obviously I'm not going to as much so it is I, I, I do take your point um, what was your first ever Edinburgh Fringe like? I look back on it and I remember the fun times but I remember at the time it was a very sad lonely place I was 17 years old right um, I was I, I didn't know anyone I didn't really I was still like a cocky little asshole who which you should be at 17 but suddenly I was in this other world and I was very lonely I was very very lonely oh, right. yeah. and uh, yeah it was tough but that being said, I made a lot of good friends out of it. Yeah, and, yeah. Did, I, remember, I remember me, Adam Rowe, Vince Atter and Ed Hedges did a, a, a show, the lunchtime special yeah. uh, for just the tonic. And I really had a lot of fun with them guys. I really, I really kind of wish, do you ever wish you could sometimes go back to school? Yeah. Just for a little bit and like see your old mates yeah. and like just enjoy even though i hated school like i hated school enjoyed it. i really wish like at the time and i wasn't enjoying it i was having fun but i wasn't enjoying it like i should i really wish i could go back and take the pressure off with a fringe and yeah, just yeah. Do, so I, I just gotta go do 20 minutes doesn't matter if it goes well or badly i'm not you know if no one's there no one's there i'm just with these lads and we're doing a show and it's it's good fun so uh i, I do so, that so i suppose well, I, I don't suppose I, I, I would guess that they were very supportive of you with you being in in your lonely state. You needed to do a group thing at that time. Yeah, I, I guess they were. I, but I kind of kept it to myself, mm. as you do at the fringe. Yeah, I think of course, the fringe yeah. is, I think it's, I think everyone's going through such this odd experience. Even fringes that go well, like you'll have people who are having the best time of their life, someone's having the worst time of their life, but now they've got to hang out with someone who's having the best time of their life. So they're like, oh, I don't want to moan about the worst time of my life. Oh, <laughs> oh, and, then, and then the person who's having the best time of their life is like, oh, I remember when it was my worst time of my life. So I, can't. So I think, I think you're, you need to have a fringe. And I think I'm starting to get there where like, you have all these different experiences. I'm learning how to do it. I'm learning, like, yeah, don't go out and drink. Don't go out and do this. Like, go out and do it every now and then, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not every bit. night, yeah. work, and uh, I'm kind of learning that. And that's, I'm sort of looking forward to doing it that way a lot more professionally. Brilliant. Which, which will be fun. Yeah, which great. Will, that, you get a different kind of buzz out of it, which is ultimately better. That's, uh, that sounds brilliant. Really good idea. Um, to date, what has been your comedy highlight? Have you had one? That's a good question. When I when I spoke to Barry Cryer, he said, "Oh, hands down, my family," really? <laughs> and that's wonderful. <laughs> I don't. I I can't say I have one. What? I, what I really. What I really enjoy is going to meet a mate before a show yeah, and having like a beer and a bite to eat good and then luck. going to the show and we all have like a really fun, good show, which I know sounds like kind of That's maybe, what a you want. Out, maybe a cop out, but I really don't think there's anything funner than that. That's brilliant. Like just going to meet, so meet the, if, if I'm on a weekend with people, I'm good friends with yeah 
and then I get to hang out with them and have a few beers. Like this weekend, I just got to sit in the Birmingham League green room afterwards and listen to like good stories and stuff. And I just, I always have a moment where I go, I love this. Like I love this bit. Like it's, it's really good fun. So I really enjoyed the social aspect of it. But I really just, I, I suppose, really made it sound like I've done nothing in my career. Believe me, you have. You made me laugh a lot. Well, every every a thousand, well, nearly nine hundred ninety-five comedians. But no, I I guess it's you know like I just there's there's just things I this is the thing like you want to sound cool and be like but like I remember when I first started getting like good reviews and stuff and then the next day I was sort like my show would pack out and things like that that is as also an amazing moment and then but then you sometimes it's just like i'll go meet jamali and we'll get a coffee and we'll sort of sit around and have a bitch and then we'll go do a set each and then we both we both want to act too cool like we're both (laughs) i hope hope i smash it the other one sees but then the thing is neither of us will watch each other because we're outside that's wonderful and um do you have any ambitions as a comedian yeah i do but i don't i, f- I feel very peculiar like oh, oh i guess my ambition for next year is just to sell out a fringe run and have a really good fringe run and i want to up my social media game because i've got loads of good bits that i can put on social media and start getting good a better those are like my short-term goals at the moment as in by short terms i mean like the sort of next year two years and i start making it into tours and people be able to come and see me off that and then make the industry sort of have to take notice of you i think that's always the best way to get the industry to take notice of you where they have to not just because you've gone and done well at something and they're like oh well i guess this person's good it's like they go oh wow this person's doing it without us yeah. So imagine he'll, you know, I, I think that's a really cool way of doing it. Brilliant. No, it is. It is. It, that, um, b- building it up again, like you're doing with your routines. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. As, I, as I'm getting further along, I'm starting to think more like that, really. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very much so. Um, how have you found online gigs as opposed to live stand-up gigs? I don't, you done I, many I, 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 I don't do them. You don't do them at all? No. Wow is there a reason for that yeah do you remember like how i said when i was open micing i went i'm better than this right i have the exact same thing <laughs> good man <laughs> like, i'm not doing it no 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 i'm not i'm and i i didn't get any offers for ones of money i didn't want to get offered them if look if somebody had gone it's 200 quid it's 20 minutes you're sitting and i'd have done it yeah right like i'm not above it in that sense yeah, but, yeah. Or like, even if it was like eighty quid, I'd have done it. But I yeah. was, I, I just, I tried one. It went disastrously. My evening was messed up by oh, dear it. Dear me. Uh, I had to sit in my room and wait to do a show in my room. Oh, I don't want to. No. I don't want to do that. I, I, um, I've, I've been stuck in this room for throughout lockdown, most of it. And um, I have been going to a lot of them, but but um, when they first started, um, they didn't have any audio at all. 
so mm. uh, um, nobody could hear anybody uh, except the comedians. So oh, I yeah. thought I thought I was going to be taken away because I was just laughing loudly at the screen. <laughs> thought people were going to come and knock it banging <laughs> on the doors. <laughs> but then they opened up the audio, um, and uh, yeah. the comedians could then chat or time their jokes to the front row for example on always be comedy um but i also go to sean james's happy mondays gig and yeah 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 great, yeah great man and also the irish one with jarleth regan on a friday night uh, that, that that was really good as well but you're right um you cannot be live i am exactly like you i when, when before you go um for your, for your gig you like to go for something to eat and then a few beers and then you go i go in with all my friends and i sit down and it i said before it's of the moment you never know what you're going to get and that's the yeah. magic of it so so for example when we were at the hastings fringe we were sitting in the pub and there you were and i said to my mate i said oh no, there's my mate <laughs> it's still and you were very you were really kind because the the promoter went up and said there's two people here want to come in on your <laughs> and it was brilliant and we we we, we paid when we went in obviously but uh, that's the magic the spur of the minute um and you were just fantastic that day it was it was so so good to see you. um Thank you. Very interesting that you, that you haven't done any of them. Who are your favourite comedians, past and present? Wow. Um, Did you oh, grow up with comedy? Man. With a comedy? Yeah. Band? Well, my, my taste in comedy changed, but I still like all of these comics. Like, I remember when I first started seeing like Jack Whitehall and Russell Howard. I still get starstruck by like Russell Howard. I still really owe a lot of like my influence, I guess, to someone like that. Like I. Good News was my favourite show. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. But um, then as I got older, I started sort of finding people like Doug Stanhope, and I didn't really know somebody could be like that. I didn't so, really yeah. know that you were allowed to do it, or like Jim Jeffries. I remember, yeah. I remember the, the special that changed it all for me, and, I, and you could get in trouble for saying this, is Louis C.K. chewed up his 08 special. I was 15 years old, my dad had gone away, we'd just got Netflix, and I'm like, oh, my dad would go away on tour, and I ordered pizza, and I, I, I just saw it on Netflix, I put it on, I used to watch so much stand-up comedy. And that opening routine in that, where he calls, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but uh, it's one of the most perfectly <laughs> constructed bits of stand-up ever. <laughs> and I'm like 15, I've never seen any. <laughs> Like, that was my, like, I just draw, draw. This and, uh, is a game changer. <laughs> yeah, I watched it, I think I watched it twice that night. Um, but I remember, like, I saw Jim Jeffries out for Holocaust. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Like, yeah. Well, so as I got older, I started seeing sort of more that. But then I, I sort of made a conscious decision a year, a year and a bit ago. And this might sound very woke and stuff, but like I realised I hadn't actually watched that many female stand-up specials. Like I may have an unconscious bias of not watching female stand-ups, and so I started watching more like Wanda Sykes and Whitney Cummings and people like that, and really, really, really enjoying them. And then like this year, I sort of I started like watching people like uh, sorry, do a few sets, uh, Sarah Barron, brilliant, brilliant. like just really fun. But I'm I'm a big fan of American stand-up. That's my yeah. good man good man it's it's interesting you mentioned russell howard i i saw him before he was famous and uh 
um, I just bought a brand new mobile phone and I, and I didn't know how, how to properly use it and it kept going off when it started his shout and he just laid into me. It was hilarious. Well, somebody, I'm gonna bring a hammer out in a minute. Whoever's this thing's going off. <laughs> like, I'm really sorry, it's so embarrassing. Just to so, riff some, was brilliant. Someone else I saw, uh, and this was live, one of the best in my top five live I've ever seen was uh, Catherine Ryan. Oh, superb. Uh, uh, like, just as she was like, well, when I was like starting, but it was like a sort of I was like two years into comedy, yeah, night at backyard. And yeah, I, yeah. I went on, I was doing 10 minutes, man, and I killed this gig like I murdered. <laughs> and then she went on, and I was like, I didn't do shit. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't do anything. I probably walked on with like a, oh, good luck, Catherine. Uh, like, talk, talk about fearless with an audience. That woman is extraordinary. I, I remember just sitting there watching the entire thing. I was next to Rich Wilson, and I was just yeah. looking at him like, I didn't know you could do this. <laughs> like, just get this response. Brilliant. She is. She is absolutely unbelievable. unbelievable. And, and um, like me, do you go to a uh, lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience, either as a comedian or before you were a comedian? Um. I, yeah, I've been to a few. As a comedian, I've been to a few as well. Yeah. Uh, I took my girlfriend and her mates to Top Secret. Yeah. And uh, New Material. It's really interesting watching as an audience member, and I suggest every stand-up does it. Go to a gig, watch a good act, watch a not so good act, and you realise a lot of people laugh because they want to laugh and want to have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, and that's the and you'll notice the difference between people who want to have a good time and someone who's genuinely good at stand up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think that's it. I think that's like an important thing to do as a comedian. Just go to a show and watch it. Very. I, I don't go to that many because it's kind of like a busman's holiday thing. It's a little yeah, bit yeah. like I I feel like I'm at work and then I get annoyed that I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm like, well, I'm here now. I might as well. <laughs> might as well have a go if you want. To. Yeah. My, my the reason I ask it is it well, it's fascinating. Um, what sort of comedy the 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 comedians I talk to like? But um, my first ever gig was um, Les Dawson, age seven. Oh, wow. It was extraordinary, and and he's still up there in my top five. He oh, just brilliant. makes me laugh so much. And then, and then a year later on holiday, we saw Tommy Cooper. So he had all the visual wow. gags, and uh, I just got hooked from. There. I know it's the Fez at the. Yeah, 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 behind me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, massive fan, but but the ones that that I love are, were Markham and Wise. I know they're everybody's mm -hmm. favourites, but there's this next level where you're not doing anything. So you're twiddling your glasses or twiddling your fez or whatever it is, or not doing anything and you're just laughing at them. And yeah. how do you do that? Um, uh, but um, uh, just magical, One, wonderful stuff. Um, I've so much enjoyed talking to you. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank oh, you so thank you. much. Thank um, you so much for having me. Is there is there uh, anything else you'd like to say before we go? Um, uh, have you got any um, gigs planned? Have you well, got I, any I post all of, all of that on uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's all on Twitter. What are your what are your so Elliot, what is your social at, media? At Elliot Steel Com for Twitter and at Elliot Steel for Instagram. Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, but thank you so much for having me, Richard. Absolute pleasure, and I, for one, will be at the Edinburgh Fringe next year seeing your show, going bananas, because oh, you. you're thank a very you. funny man. 
All the very best to you and thanks for your time. <laughs>